of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Mother Teresa uh, once said this very beautiful prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me. She said, if you ever feel distressed during your day, just call upon Our Lady and just say this simple prayer. So say this with me. Mary, Mother of Jesus, Jesus, please be a mother to me now. Please be a mother to me now. Amen. Very simple. A Protestant woman one time went to Calcutta to see what Mother Teresa was doing, and she was so amazed by the beautiful acts of service that the uh, Sisters of Charity were doing, that Mother Teresa was so inspiring, the way she would serve the poor. And she loved everything they were doing, but one thing she noticed was how the sisters elevated Mary. And she said to Mother Teresa, she's like, Sister, I love everything you're doing. It's so beautiful. You're literally doing the works of Jesus. But I don't need Mary. And Mother Teresa looks at her and says, Jesus needed Mary. When we look at Mary, we are meant to see Jesus. The first words of the Magnificat, when Mary sees Elizabeth, and then Mary responds, My soul magnifies the Lord. Meaning when you look at Mary, you actually, Jesus is magnified for you. That Mary is not loved for her own sake. She's loved because she's the mother of Jesus. And Jesus is made magnified. My soul magnifies the Lord. When you look at me, I want you to see Jesus. And Jesus becomes even more real and more beautiful and more amazing through the eyes of his mother Mary. How beautiful. The more you come to Mary, the more Jesus is magnified for you. Today, we hear Mary's vocation story. We all have a call from God. God is calling every single one of you. And I wonder, I mean, this is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. It was written down, but when Mary was with the angel, she was just her and the angel. That means that she had to tell this story. Mary told this story and it eventually got to St. Luke and St. Luke wrote it down in the Gospel of Luke. Mary told her vocation story about how she became the mother of God. God called Mary to be his mother. And Mary is the mother of all vocations because she responds to God's call perfectly. Say this with me. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. word. Amen. Amen. Mary responds with perfect faith. Mary helps us fulfill our vocations because we are all called to something that is supernatural. That even something as natural as marriage, for those who are married, you're meant to make it something supernatural. And Mary shows us that without God, it is impossible. The angel came to Mary and said, you're going to be the mother of God. And Mary's like, how? How can this be? We have to learn from Mary when even when we feel like we don't have strength to fulfill God's call in our lives, we have to depend upon what God says. The Holy The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Without God, we can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. Mary is the model of our faith. 
St. Paul, St. John Paul II, he talks about four dimensions of faith and he relates it to Mary and Mary's life and how Mary perfectly embodies that faith. The first is the search. The second is the surrender. The third is consistency. And the fourth is constancy. Okay. So say with me the search. Good morning. All right. The search. Okay. So Mary, the angel says to Mary, you know, you are going to be the mother of God. And Mary asks the question, how is this going to be? Our faith should be a faith that asks questions. Jesus says, seek and you shall find. Seek the faith, search the faith, and you will come to know the beauty, the amazing reality of Jesus, of the Father, Son, and Spirit, of the Trinity. Seek and you shall find. Search, let your faith be a searching for God. Don't just, like I always say, don't just believe because your mom and dad told you. Seek God, search for God, and he will be found. The second dimension is the fiat or the surrender. As Mary says, let it be done according to your word. Mary literally surrenders to God and says, look, I'm your servant. Let it be. I surrender. Every single one of us has to have a moment in our lives where we say, I surrender. Let it be done according to your word. Not my will, Jesus says it in the garden. Not my will, say that with me. Not my will. will. Finish it, you already know. But your will be done. Not my will. Surrender, your will be done. I surrender. The moment of surrender, that's the second dimension. The third dimension John Paul II talks about is consistency. Meaning, it's not just the one moment where we say, I surrender, but it's a daily living out of faith. Every single day. We can't just say, Jesus, I believe in you today, and then tomorrow do something otherwise. Every single day, living consistently for the Lord. And then the fourth is called constancy. Say that with me. Constancy. This is a faith that is only proven over a lifetime. We can't say we have this until the day of our death. I'm going to read what John Paul II says. He says, it's easy to be consistent for a day or two. It is difficult and important to be consistent for one's whole life. It is easy to be consistent in the hour of enthusiasm. It is difficult to be so in the hour of trial. How easy is it to believe when everything is going good? How hard is it to believe, to be consistently believing when things are hard in our lives? John Paul II, he says, only a consistency that lasts throughout the whole life can be called faithfulness. And I want you to see how he relates it to Mary's life. Mary's fiat, her surrender at the Annunciation, finds its fullness in the silent fiat she repeats at the foot of the cross. Mary surrendered when the angel Gabriel said, you were going to be the mother of God. And then she said, let it be done according to your word. 
Wow, how beautiful, how amazing. And yet her faith was fulfilled. Her faith was proven in her silent fiat, her silent surrender. When she looked upon her beautiful son, the son she bore for nine months and watched grow for 33 years, the one she loved, the heart, you know, it says a sword will pierce your heart. Mary is our mother of sorrows. She looked upon Jesus. I want you to look at the cross right now. Look at the cross. She was there at the cross. And silently in her heart, she said, let it be done according to your word. I still believe in you. I believe in you in good times and in bad times. Faith is a search. Faith is a surrender. Faith is a daily. And faith is proven when we live it in good times and in bad times. When it never goes away. Faith is the foundation. And we learn from our beautiful mother how to have faith. A priest one time told me that the most fearful statement in the entire Bible, you can think, what, what could that be? He said, the most fearful statement is a verse in the Annunciation. And that verse goes, then the angel departed from her. Mary says, let it be done according to your word. And the angel left her. Now she's alone in her room. She's like, what just happened? I don't think she said that. She had faith. But the angel left. The sign of God, the external sign, left her. And now she's with herself. But how beautiful is that the external sign became an internal reality in her womb. And she always remembered what the angel said. And she remembered this miracle that she is a virgin who gave birth to the Son of God. God is with us and in us, even if we can't see him externally. And we have to have confidence in this. And so even though that might sound like the most fearful statement, the angel left her. When you feel like God is leaving you, John Paul II says, do not be afraid. Anything God calls you to, whatever vocation you have, whatever God is saying, do not be afraid. Any external situation, whatever is going on in the world, say it with me. Do not be afraid. Parents, say that to your children right now. Tell them right now. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Say it. Are you saying it? Do not be afraid. Then why are you making them afraid? Why are you putting fear in your kids' hearts? Let me explain what I mean. I'm going to... Um, I'm just going to bring up the, uh, the tragedy in Oxford. It's a very difficult thing to talk about. Um, and we want to pray for the victims, especially Tate Meyer, Madison Baldwin, Hannah St. Juliana, Justin Schilling, of course, those four beautiful kids that were you know, senselessly killed. For the families, their community, 
Uh, we also want to pray for um, Ethan Crumbly, for the shooter, for his conversion. We pray that he comes to know Jesus because he is God's son as well. So we pray for them. Life is hard and tragedy comes. And we've seen it before. It's not like we don't watch the news. And yet when it hits home, it's hard. But as a result, many parents are afraid of sending their kids back to school. Parents think something is going to happen in school. The likelihood of that happening is very, very small. And yet, we are succumbing to fear. At youth groups, we had like half the kids at our youth group because parents didn't want to send their kids out of the house as if the house is the safest place when the most important thing your kids needed was church. They didn't need to be alone in a house, just like COVID. At catechism, many kids didn't show up. Parents called the office and said, is there catechism on Saturday? Why wouldn't there be? Is it dangerous in church? Is it dangerous at catechism? Okay, something could happen, right? Anything could happen. That's life. What's going to happen? Something. It could happen. The likelihood of that happening is small. But living with the likelihood of that happening, like making a decision to not send your kids to school or not send your kids to catechism or youth group or church because you're afraid that that's going to happen when the likelihood is very small, that is called irrational fear. And some people might say, this is too soon to talk about this or it's insensitive. I'm not trying to be. My heart hurts. But if we let this Sunday to next Sunday be ruled by fear, then that's what we're teaching our children. I don't want this week to be a week of fear. I want it to be a week of faith. We're, we're remembering our beautiful mother and the faith she had. And yet we're, see, we're here in our houses keeping our kids locked in because we don't want them to get hurt. They're not going to get hurt at school. They're not. That's not going to happen. It could happen, Father. Really? It could. Okay, you're right. It could. Half a percent? Quarter of a percent? Father, you don't have children. You're my children. You think I wouldn't, you think I wouldn't hurt? If, and I'm telling you, don't live in fear. But I'm telling the parents, don't teach your kids fear. Like Mary, let us have faith that conquers fear. So I encourage every child to go back to school. If they're afraid, tell them not to be afraid. That's how they learn. And if you let fear and anxiety win, it will always win. It will always win. You have to break the cycle by choosing faith. And Mary didn't choose fear. And you should not either. Amen.